I can only give you love that lasts forever. And a promise to be near each time you call. And the only heart I own for you and you alone. That's all. Oh, isn't that nice? All.
like uh, Birth of a Nation, but we'll we'll save that for for a little bit later. But that's kind of a tease for our audience. But uh, Whoopi Goldberg in 1990 for the motion picture. What was the name of it? Uh, it was Ghost, Tom. It was Ghost. Uh, Patrick Swayze was in really And she plays a, uh, I think the term would be medium, who's able to uh, communicate. Patrick Swayze, uh, listeners will remember, plays a uh, police officer who gets killed. And uh, he basically wants to solve his murder and, and also keep an eye on his wife, if you will. His Demi Moore, and the most famous thing from that involves uh, the two of them in a pottery wheel. And we won't go much further than that. That's for another night and another show. Uh, but, uh, Tom, yeah, it's really about uh, uh, 51 years later, almost. Uh, and, and, but, you know, now we need to pay attention to what happened between those two periods of time. And so, Tom, I have a next half out to you uh, as we go through a timeline of African Americans in movies to get to where we are today. We will probably go, uh, if you'll respond to this, to Stormy Weather. Say again, I'm, I'm, I didn't hear you clearly. We will go to Stormy Weather in 1943. Ah, yes, uh, that's, that's uh, yes, uh, and probably the best known. Uh, black actress of her time, and one who lived until not very many years ago. As a matter of fact, Dorothy Dandridge, uh, as, as you and I talked about before the show, she died very fairly early, but uh, the star of Stormy Weather uh, uh, lived, I think, until after 2010, for sure. And that would be Miss Lena Horne, the absolute all-time love for one uh, Fred Sanford. The Horn, Fox News, you were talking yeah. Oh, I have no doubt. I have no doubt. So just think about the people that were in Stormy Weather. Now, this is the point to be made here, Tom, that I'll make uh, to you and, and to get your response on. But where we see the first inroads that African Americans were making uh, into motion pictures, Stormy Weather was populated largely by African Americans, Tom. And uh, where a lot of them shine, uh, at least at that period of time, the way they get there, is the musical performers or the performers of dance. Um, you have, uh, of course, Luna Horn, who we just mentioned, and you have Bill Robinson, you have Cab Calloway, the Nicholas Brothers, uh, Ada Brown, and I think Benny Wilson's in that, too. I believe so. I was, I was going is it, to, is it too bad of me if I have a, a, an additional candidate for the, what you're talking about? Oh, no, well, I want you to respond. What would you say to that? Okay. Well, no, I'm just going to come up with another movie that, that I'm just going to make the same point that you are. And that's a movie you uh, you may be about to do it yourself, but a movie called Cabin in the Sky. Talk about Cabin in the Sky, Tom. Okay. Let's see if I can get uh, get to the thing that I want to pop up pop up here on in, in uh, the... Uh, uh, on my computer, and I, I'm going to have a difficulty. But it, you were reading the cast members of Cabin in the Sky, and if you read the cast members of, of uh, Stormy Weather, I think. I was reading Stormy Weather, and if you read right. Cabin in the Sky, you're also going to have musical performers, aren't you, Tom? Exactly the same thing. In fact, many, Dilly Wilson, for instance, is in that movie for sure, and one of the stars of it is Eddie Anderson, who has another name, as you know. He's been yeah, a he was a too, and the Jack Benny thing. The Jack Benny show, exactly. And, uh, but uh, uh, 
I think Dorothy Dandridge may be in that, and Lena Horne may be in, in that movie too. I, I'll find this at, at our first break, and we can we can run down there. But let's just say that your point is well made. Yeah, what, what, what is happening then is uh, these performers, which were high entertainers, were performing in clubs all over the country, and certainly in Hall Station of New York. And uh, Tom, they were very popular, and they populated, if you will, the two movies we talked about. But this is where we begin to see African-Americans making inroads into pictures that heretofore have been predominantly white. Exactly. And so the, go ahead, I'm sorry. No, I, was, no, I was just agreeing with you. And as time goes on, Tom, uh, this is two, there's two performers who emerge from this, act, acting performers, Tom, who basically carry us through the 40s and the 50s. And one of those was the aforementioned Dorothy Dandridge. And then uh, you mentioned earlier that she was the first woman to be nominated for a, a first African-American woman to be nominated for a Best Actress uh, Academy Award. And that was in 1954. Uh, she did not win, but the already one was Grace Kelly, whom we all know. Uh, but uh, again, we're beginning to see at that point uh, real performers, real actors, uh, taking their place on, if you will, the stage of a stage screen and television. Television is infancy at this point, however. Well, I'll tell you what we want to do. I want to read this list so it can segue into what you're talking about because you're, I think, exactly on the right track. But it is, we're far enough into the program now that we really ought to take our first break and also identify the show because we started off with a different theme song tonight, Dorothy Dandridge singing That's All, because she was a vocalist as well as being a movie star and did appear on the uh, the New York stage a lot, too. Uh, Stephen Kearney is our guest tonight. He's our entertainment editor, and we are recognizing blacks, African-Americans in the movies uh, as a part of Black History Month, and we'll be back in just a couple of minutes. Twenty at WCTF, Tom Kearney here, AM 680 and FM 98.5. Be sure in your car to put one, your FM button on 98.5 and your AM button on AM680 WPTF. And uh, tonight we are talking about uh, African-Americans in movies, and uh, uh, Stephen Kearney, our entertainment editor, is, is presiding over this. Stephen, do we have time for me to read some of the, the, the cast to Cabin in the Sky? Well, yes, sir. You know, like I've always told you, Tom, it's your show, but of course. I know, but it's, it's our show. I, I, I like to think of this is this is a production of Kearney Brothers Film at 11. Uh, of you, you course, I, want, I want to hear the rest of you said. Well, it, well it, you'll be interested in the parallels because right. uh, I looked it up because of Dorothy Dandridge, but a woman named Ella, e Ethel Waters, who became a, a very religious person and, and uh, uh, was a famous singer of hymns uh, uh, after she left Hollywood. But then there is Lena Horne. A guy named Rex Ingram. He's the kind of guy, apparently, who would sing Old Man River. Louis Armstrong, you've heard of him. Eddie Anderson, Duke Ellington, Kenneth Spencer, John W. Bubbles, Butterfly McQueen, she, she who doesn't know nothing about birth and no babies. I'm just going to name one more because they're, they're like uh, twice as many as I've named, but a man named uh, Mantan Morland, who's uh, best known as one of the associates of one Charlie Chan. And he played the the, the black uh, kind of step and fetch it figure who uh, 
was always scared when something appeared to be a ghost, and he would roll his eyes and so on. If you ever watched any of the Charlie Chan movies, but but uh, most of these people that I just named are are while being actors in this particular case: Duke Ellington, uh, Louis Armstrong, Eddie Anderson, uh, Lena Horne, are singers too. Our, our entertainment in, in the larger sense, and which I think is the point that you were you were trying to make, and they have edged their way into the the, the white movie screen. The Cabin in the Sky is a picture of about the same time as Stormy Weather, which is in the in the during wartime, actually during the forties. Okay. Yeah, one of the things that we're mentioning, of course, is, is that uh, uh, what you do is you you take whatever you can and make what make of it whatever you can, and uh, at, the, at the time at least, and uh, African American performers were. Uh, getting to the screen as performers, be they singers, dancers, uh, or musicians. Uh, in the movies you've made, by and large, they avoided the stereotypical casting of being a domestic Tom. Um, yeah. And we'll talk about domestics more when we do television. But as the uh, as the fifties were on, of course, Dorothy Dandridge emerges as a, a key dramatic figure. And we talked about her a little bit, but in the late 50s, Tom, is when we first meet a young man who has a profound effect and impact on all we're talking about, and that's Sidney Kochak. He comes along, and with Tony Curtis in 1958, they do a movie you probably saw the Tom, called The Defiant Ones. Yes. I, I couldn't tell you much about it, but I do remember it. Well, we, we got to also remember as we're talking about the history of African Americans in motion pictures. Without there in the real world is a political landscape that's changing as well. In the 50s, we have Brown versus the Board of Education, and we have uh, civil rights marches and uh, uh, protests and various things, uh, maybe even a, 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 a restaurant uh, diner or something like that. There were people sitting on the bus with segregated water fountains, Tom. Things began to change. And what happens with the final ones is we have a, a white, if you will, person. He's actually, I think, Italian. Tony Curtis plays one of the two people, and Sidney Poitier plays the other one. And they're chained together, Tom, on a chain gang. And they escape, but they don't escape each other. And they manage to make it uh, where they're trying to go, but they have to put up with being chained to each other the entire time. And they learn to uh, establish cooperation between the two of them and this is symbolic or significant in that it uh, is a, uh, a, a representative example of what was going on in real life. I can't remember the name of it, but when we talk about television, we will talk about Bill Cosby and Robert Culp, won't we? And, and they had that, they were chained together, but they, they made it together, if you know what I mean. You know, they were friends. You're talking about I Spy, that happened in the late 60s, about 1966 or 67. Uh, I do want to talk a little bit more about Sidney Poitier, Tom, because he becomes the figure, if you will. He is the African-American male go-to performer in the 60s, throughout the 60s, Tom, into the early 70s. Uh, he did a movie called Raisin in the Sun, uh, and he also did uh, Willies of the Field, for which he won the Best Actor Award in 1963. Tom, in 1967, Sidney Poitier uh, was in two years, well, I think, two important films. One of them was uh, to serve as well, where he goes to Great Britain, 
or they viewed African Americans differently than we might view them here in America. And in 1967, he started in a movie that's point blank about racial uh, issues. Uh, guess who's coming to dinner? And this is a landmark film, Tom. It's uh, Catherine Hepburn, Spencer Tracy. It's his last movie. But in it, uh, a young woman has decided to marry a prominent uh, and highly educated African-American doctor uh, named, I think his name is uh, Prentice, John Prentice, played by Sidney Poitier, and, and the young woman brings Mr. Poitier home to dinner, and uh, humor ensues along with some very serious thought, Tom. Now, uh, I don't want to go, go too quickly, but I'm, before I lose it, uh, and you, you don't have to grab hold of this if you don't want to, somewhere right just about along in here, well, I, I'm stealing your thunder, and I, I'm embarrassed. At, uh, oh, go ahead, Tom. Talking about uh, Rod Steiger and, and Sidney Poitier and the movie they made, and where uh, I think a black guy slaps a white guy. Well, it's a, uh, it's a good segue for me, Tom, because the same year, uh, landmark films in 1967, uh, to say that it would probably not be a landmark film to anybody other than me, that I, I have a warm spot for Louie and... and uh, Judy, uh, I think her name is Gresham or something like that. Um, but Tom, in that same year of 1967, we got some other landmark movies, and one of them is um, uh, In the Heat of the Night. There you go. And that's Rod Steiger, and uh, Rod Steiger is a southern uh, police chief who has to investigate a murder, and uh, lo and behold, a uh, police detective from, I think, Philadelphia, Tom, uh, comes down south to help him uh, uh, solve that crime, and, and the aforementioned slap takes place during the course of, of working out who killed who. And if you can't remember, I was thinking, wonder if Stephen will remember his name. I'm just pulling your leg now because that is the uh, the next movie I think that has Sidney Poitier in it, and he he. Well, he, he says it in this movie, too, but they call me Mr. Tibbs, if I remember correctly. Well, it's a sequel, Tom, to okay. uh, In the Heat of the Night. He plays the same character. I think the character is named Virgil Tibbs. He's a, um, a police investigator, detective from Philadelphia. And um, in, in The Heat of the Night, I, I probably won't do this right, but I think at one point he's asked what do they call him up in Philadelphia. And he responds, and I think this is in, uh, but it became the title of the next week, Tom. I think he says, they call me Mr. Tibbs. And uh, that shows you the difference in how one might view uh, certain racial issues above the Mason-Dixon line and how they might view them below that. Well, he did certainly make it, make his mark, and he was, uh, uh, what is that word that I don't like, uh, uh, I'm trying to think right of it now. Uh, he, uh, he, Sidney Poitier almost became uh, iconic. He may have. I can remember there used to be a children's page in the Raleigh News and Observer, and one day uh, it was in the Monday edition usually, and it, it, one of the questions for the kiddies to answer was who was the first black to get an Academy Award, and they said Sidney Poitier. And being that, the nasty guy that I am and one who wanted accuracy, I wrote the editor a note and said, no, it was Hattie McDaniel, but... but uh, but there's a long time in between. And, uh, so it, it, well, let's see. I kind of want to wrap up some before we go to the news. So I've got about three minutes, Tom, by my count. 
Okay, so, uh, you you don't have enough time to do that. In fact, you're going to need to pause. But you can wrap up this particular angle. This will be a tease, Stephen. Right after we come back, it's time for the news now on WPTF. It's 930. 933 WPTF. It's a Wednesday night. No, it's Tuesday night. Boy, the world's going by me fast. It's the 16th of February. I can't believe it's that far into the year already. Uh, we are uh, on the Tom Kearney show tonight uh, valuing uh, the uh, growth of the importance of uh, African Americans in the largely white controlled. Uh, American film industry, and we've invited our entertainment editor, my brother Stephen Kearney, who's been with us for 25 or 30 years now doing trivia on entertainment and movies and uh, and uh, television. In fact, we're going to do a, a television version of what we're doing tonight next Tuesday night, I believe, Stephen, if, unless I'm mistaken. And uh, uh, so we can go back to where you were and what you were closing up. I did look up something about Sidney Poitier, Stephen, being in a, 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 the Bahamian ambassador to Japan. Do you? Is that what you were making a question yeah. of? Yeah, Mr. Poitier, uh, he, he doesn't leave Hollywood really altogether, but uh, he has been the Bahamian ambassador to Japan for, I think, in excess of 20 years now, Tom. And uh, yeah, he still holds that post today. So he saw his time and life, not only as part of Hollywood, but as also part of what he could give to the world stage as well. Yeah, he's 93 years old, I, I see on the, the page that I've got on the computer, but I, I thought that was kind of interesting, and you, it was your question that called me to, I never knew that before, but it's interesting. Uh, uh, but back to his, to his contributions uh, uh, in Hollywood, Tom, he, in the early 70s, he, he um, Stars along with Bill Cosby, I think there's three movies. But I call them the Uptown Saturday Night movies, and uh, they're really pretty good, especially the first one. And uh, he, he also became a director, Tom. He went behind the camera. He uh, directed Still Crazy. They had Gene Wilder and Richard Pryor, which is a very funny movie if you haven't seen it, Tom. I know you've seen it. Um, and and in, 19, in 2001, it's important that we pay attention to that year. I'll get to that in a minute. But in 2001, he was given by the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences, the Academy, he was given the Lifetime Achievement Award, Tom, for his contributions to Hollywood and to motion pictures. Excellent, excellent. I, I was just remembering, you may may not want me to throw in this piece of, I don't know, it's one of those Six Degrees movies. Do you know what I'm talking right. about? Kevin right. Bacon and... Uh, uh, I remember it was Donald Sutherland and uh, I think Will Smith and and so on. But the the, the character, the bad guy in this particular movie, was pretending to be Sidney Poitier's son. And uh, your friend Stalker Channing was in this movie. I'm going to have to look this movie up when the when the program is over. But remind me to do that. that but Sidney Poitier's son was uh, he was pretending to be Sidney Poitier's son. I don't think Sidney actually appeared in the movie, nor did his son. But uh, but he was a significant person to be recognized. Uh, and in any event, uh, back to the year. Tom, I took it to the 70s, and I've been just basically taking it by decade, Tom, if that's okay. So uh, right. and something happened in the 70s that was known as black exploitation movies. And we're not going to spend a lot of time on that, but 
there was a way for African-American performers to stay on the screen. And the, the very, I wouldn't say this is the one that starts it, Tom, but you get movies like Shaft in 1971, for which Isaac Hayes, as a performer, won the best, uh, uh, most, I think it was the original song Oscar for that year, Tom. So we get Superfly, we get Blackula, we get Coffee with Pam Greer, uh, we get you know, several performers that are doing that kind of work at that time. The 70s was a very different time for motion pictures, and uh, this is the kind of movie that we see coming out. Uh, African-American performers are still emerging and beginning to take more and more uh, of the, um, of, if you will, the limelight, Tom. As we get to the 1980s, uh, Louis Gossett Jr. won the Best uh, Supporting actors, actors, Actor Oscar, Tom. Uh, but in the mid-'80s, most of the Academy Awards that were won by African-American were won for uh, music. So there's a bit of a parallel to when they, in the 40s when the performers were in the movies such as Cabin in the Sky and uh, Stormy Weather. In the 80s, they give us uh, the, the best original song or best original score. Uh, we're talking about people like Irene Cara, Prince, Stevie Wonder, Lionel Richie, and Herman Herbie Hancock, Tom, won Oscars during the 80s for their contributions to the music score of various motion pictures. And because you and I both like it, I will mention that one of the people who was in the movie Cabin in the Sky appeared in one of our favorite movies in 1979, uh, the Blues Brothers movie, Cab Calloway. Well, you know, the, uh, I think you have to say, Tom, that um, Dan Aykroyd and John Belushi were fans of a certain kind of music, and that music had some of the very best African-American performers of all time in it. Ray Charles um, is in that movie? Ray Charles is in that movie. Cab Calloway is in that movie. Uh, just the band that they, um, you know, form around them. Um, who's the guy on, on, on guitar, Tom? Matt? Matt Murphy? Matt Murphy. Matt Guitar Murphy, yes. Yeah, he, he, and he's the guy who had a career as a musician, not necessarily an actor, Tom, but he's in that movie. Right, but he, he, well, they brought some people into that movie that were not, you know, their, their big main line was not acting because he, Matt Murphy plays the husband of uh, Risa Franklin in that movie. And, so, and of course... Rosa Franklin is the real thing. She is. She's the real thing. Along with Ray Charles, who's in that movie also. So. She is the uh, Queen of Soul, Tom. Right. Um, Tom, in, in 1988, Denzel Washington wins the Best Supporting Actor Oscar for Glory. He also wins the Best Actor Oscar in 2001. And you'll remember that Sidney Poitier won the Lifetime Achievement Award in 2001. Well, Tom, in 2001, the Best Actress Award went to Halle Berry. So in 2001, we have uh, Sidney Poitier with the Lifetime Achievement Award. We have Denzel Washington with the Best Actor Award. And we have Halle Berry with the Best Actress Award. And, and that, uh, what you've got there is a real movement to, toward what they're calling in Hollywood when, when there are complaints of, of, of inclusion, of including not only white, white guys and gals, but black uh, Latinos, uh, uh, people from the Far East, and so on, uh, uh, in in making movies, uh, and uh, there's been you know since that time that you're talking about, there's been a really 
genuine movement in that direction. And uh, I, I, I do know from doing research today, so I could keep up with you, that Halle Berry ended up playing Dorothy Dandridge in a movie. And I think she won an Emmy for that. That's a television movie. Yeah. Very good in it. Of course, Halle Berry is very pretty, and so is Dorothy Dandridge. And it worked, Tom. I think she won uh, an Emmy Award for uh, Best Portrayal in a Motion Picture or a limited portrayal, uh, a limited series. So an Emmy, of course, being an award that they give for television. But, Tom, I think you come full circle in 2001. And, and in his comments, Denzel says that he had spent his life chasing Sidney Poitier. Um, that's pretty good, pretty good press for all of them. Uh, we, we mentioned, we skipped over there just because I wanted to make that point. Whoopi Goldberg, as we mentioned before, won in 1990. And, you know, Jamie Foxx, Tom, in 2004, plays, uh, win, first of all, he wins the Best Actor Academy Award for playing Ray. You know which Ray I'm talking about? Uh, you're talking about Ray, Ray Charles. Ray Charles, that's right. So we have a, a, an African-American actor at the top of his craft playing uh, an African-American performer at the top of his craft and winning an Oscar and doing so. And I think uh, something I've noticed is that uh, in, in reading things that Denzel Washington has chosen his roles fairly carefully, but he's come to be recognized as not just a star but an actor. Well, I think of him, first of all, I really like watching his movies. I, just to, if he's in it, I like it. In fact, I just saw his most recent film about two weeks ago. It's called and, The Little Things. And, okay. and, of course, they released it, Tom, to HBO Max and then limited theater release. Okay, okay. But, uh, you know, going forward, uh, other winners of the Oscars showing you the term that we get here is inclusion. And there is an actual effort to include more African-American performers. Now, Tom, one of the things that has happened is that um, uh, even though we're seeing more people win in, in the actress category, the African-Americans have a low membership in the academy in the uh, lower levels of it. And even though African-American actors are more or less making some great strides, as you mentioned a few moments ago, Tom, the other minorities no, really are not. And it was only about two years ago, Tom, that um, uh, a movie called Crazy Rich Asians featured an all-Asian cast. And I think it was even directed by an Asian gentleman. And last year, the best picture comes from South, I think it was South Korea, uh, called Parasite. So the efforts are working to bring minorities in and you know, the spearhead of the effort, effort of the African-Americans to get what was really their share of the performing arts. Uh, um, you, can, you can turn this down if you don't want to because your research may not have gone in this direction, but is there is there time enough maybe after we take a break here to talk about the people behind the cameras? I'm thinking of people like Spike Lee and so on.
the day when we uh, had uh, other hamburger stores or we knew a good place to get a hot dog or a bakery that we particularly liked. Or you, like my brother Stephen, are looking for your favorite candy bar. But that's tomorrow night, uh, Thursday night, Rod Gonski, meteorologist extraordinaire, will be here to talk about the weather. And Friday night will be another Friday night trivia. But tonight, on Tuesday night, uh, February 16th, we're talking about uh, African-Americans in the movies as a part of our effort to uh, make a contribution to Black History Month. And uh, Stephen Kearney is our entertainment editor, and he's he's conducting the program. And so, Stephen, uh, you said that I had got you to just about the right place, so where are we? Well, Tom, we're going to move behind the camera now and uh, to the supporting uh, people and the crew that give us the movies, not just the actors. And uh, two directors of note, uh, for instance, Tyler Perry, who's just about an industry unto himself, motion pictures, acting, television. Uh, and he is one who can finance his own movies, Tom, because of how good he is uh, at his craft. Uh, another one that has... Uh, and we mentioned earlier, Sidney Forte had become a director, too, before he went on to be the ambassador, the Hamian ambassador to Japan. Uh, Stan Lee is, of course, uh, an African-American director of note, and uh, he really uh, hits his mark with the movie She's Gotta Have It, which comes out in 1986. This is where he sort of comes to the forefront, Tom. And he also, in 1992, directed a movie starring the... Denzel Washington, and Denzel played uh, Malcolm X. And, and the note to that time is, is that there had been, I, I can't remember the name of the man, but it had been a prominent um, uh, white director, Caucasian director, if you will, and uh, Spike Lee had expressed uh, some uh, concern and some criticism over the, the white director doing a, a, a theatrical biography of Malcolm X. And of course, what happens is he ends up uh, doing it, and um, he, he does a very good job of it, starring uh, Denzel Washington. But, you know, you have somebody like Spike Lee who encourages the current uh, directorial situation, in which we get uh, a couple of years ago with Jordan Peele, who did a very uh, well-received horror movie, sort of a, a light horror movie, uh, uh, psychological horror movie time, if you will, is what I would say called Get Out, uh, uh, we also have an African-American female named Ava, uh, I think her name is Duberay Tom, and she becomes the first female, African-American female to, to erect a motion picture with a budget of $100 million or more, and the movie was called A Wrinkle in Time. I think uh, Oprah Winfrey may have had some help in, in uh, financing it, and it came out, I think, last year. And Tom, of note, uh, further note, uh, that I would like to say that Disney also has recognized uh, the uh, prominence and the, uh, the importance of having uh, diversification in film. In 2009, it introduced its first African-American Disney princess in the movie, uh, the princess is Tiana, and I think, I, I, can't, I think it's Princess and the Frog is the name of the movie. Uh, but Tom... Lastly, if you will, and then we can go back to wherever you might wish. Uh, within the last minutes, the movie Black Panther uh, made $700 million domestically with an all-African-American cast. 
And the actor that was the star of that, who was in two or three other films, in fact, I think he was in a movie called 42, and there was at least one other really significant film, died early at the age of 43, but I, I gather they're going to try to maintain a kind of shrine to him. So, Chadwick Boseman is the gentleman you named, and, and he was a, a, a superb actor, did a great job as Jackie Robinson, which is what 42 is about, and he uh, did played the... Uh, the superhero Black Panther in several Avengers movies and in his own movie. And in the, the movie Black Panther uh, is about a Marvel superhero and the country of uh, Wakanda, Tom. And again, the entire cast is African-American, and it made $700 million. So that's pretty good. One of the, you said we could go back a little. One of the movies you didn't mention uh, uh, that I just want to mention too is it didn't Spike Lee do a movie called Do the Right Thing? He did, yes. One, I think there are two things with, with Spike Lee. He probably told me I was wrong, but uh, one is he's a very prominent and very uh, influential and successful African American director. But I think he actually about New York, and uh, I believe he's from Brooklyn. I'm not sure about that, but uh, Do the Right Thing. I think Danny Aiello is in that movie, Tom, and. Um, that's a really good movie as well. Well, we all, I get the chance to tell Mrs. Kearney when we used to be when we were watching the March Madness. I'm 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 deviating from the trail. The the uh, there's uh, a commercial a set of commercials that has three black guys and one of them is a basketball player and you know what his name is I can't think of it. And Robert Wilson. Uh, yes, and the other one one of them is an actor who wears glasses and is pretty tough. And the guy sitting in the back seat is Spike Lee, so we we know everything's all right. Well, Spike Lee is uh, he is courtside at quite many quite many uh, New York Knicks games. Genuine fan. Well, we have got Stephen about a minute and a half. If you've got something that you want to tie that's loose or or um, set up a segue or a tease to another program or whatever. Tom, just to say that the journey and, and the, the task, it, it's gotten better, but it's not over. And, and next week, Tom, on the same night, we're going to look at the television side of things. Right. And, and both of these are important as a part of black history in that rather like the, the breaking of the color line in baseball, we're talking about something that is central to American culture that, in fact, was... was uh, in a sort of a Jim Crow world, uh, all white, and uh, there was a parallel, as I say, uh, uh, Negro Baseball League, and there was a parallel group of of, uh, movies made by African Americans, but uh, what has happened over the last, uh, what, 60, 70 years is they've shuffled the deck, and they've